1: to the full 90 extra time podcast jerks our weekly look into seattle i don't know why i'm so wow. I don't know why That's rude. i'm having a great day our weekly look into seattle sounders <laughs> fc nerdy soccer culture fan outrage and an attempt to understand the hottest soccer league not funded by foreign royalty mls uh we're your hosts i'm from mornings at 107.7 the end i like the big uh that i threw in the beginning of that as if i don't know what's <laughs> going on i'm gregor i work at the end and uh i've had a chance to cover sounders for a long time now with or without the support of everyone around me he's been in the locker room on the pitch and in the stats booth getting yelled at for being too celebratory at CenturyLink field he's brandon from the internet also with and without support from Everybody, <laughs> do us a quick solid and click on through to Apple Podcasts. We're looking for one of them big ass comments. We just want to know who your favorite ever Seattle Sounders FC player is, and sound the alarm there, Brandon. We've got a new comment. Um, yeah, this is amazing. Uh, well, <laughs> Great what Great the, the sell. way that. W- what I said great sell this is um amazing I guess No,
2: you know at first I think I think I, I set myself up for disappointment because the commenter's name is John Heath NFL and I think you and I both thought wow somebody from the NFL listens to our podcast yeah
1: it sounds like a linebacker maybe I don't yeah
2: John Heath what a strong football name I hear
1: he kicked nine field goals in one game
2: Uh, that's the double hat trick that we talked about a couple weeks ago that's a triple hat
1: trick the triple hat trick
2: Um, every time you every time you kick a field goal it's a hat trick three points Uh, John Heath NFL uh, left a comment then I realized he doesn't play in the NFL so we don't care about you John Heath we care Uh, about your comment though yeah we do care about you thanks for listening hopefully you also gave us a rating of five stars unlike (laughs) those two people that gave us four stars (laughs) that's who he that's who Gregor meant when he said jerks yeah jerks Uh, John Heath NFL says, I grew up watching and playing American football and I didn't care about soccer at all until I went to college in 2012 and started playing intramural. I started to understand and appreciate the game more and then in 2013, Clint Dempsey signed with the Sounders and I hadn't really watched him before, but I knew who he was so I started watching Seattle matches. I've since become a huge U.S. men's national team fan and have remained a Sounders fan even after Dempsey's retirement. So he's probably my favorite Sounders player and my favorite all-time player, period, because he's the reason I got into soccer. And I'm so glad I did. We're glad you did, too, John Heath. Nice job with the podcast, guys.
1: Yeah, that, that last line is the important one. Nice job with the podcast, guys.
2: <laughs> I, I, I kind of hoped that at the end of it he was like, also,
1: your podcast is shit. <laughs> Hopefully that beep has been—it's been beeped this time around, so it's good. Uh, this week, the Hail Hydra Sounders FC take on the Actually Crap White Craps FC—that's the new name—in a battle for the nice hot cup of Colombian coffee cup. Wait, wait—that's—that's that's close. First of all, Brandon, I just had one of the worst things happen to somebody who's looking for hydration. I reached uh, into the drawer. Our refrigerator is fancy. It's got a drawer for soft drinks that pulls out. You don't have to open a door. And uh, I uh, went to grab myself a lemon lime or lime uh, seltzer water, cracked that sucker open, took a big old sip of a crikey IPA from Ruben's Brews. <laughs> now, let me tell you, I love that beer. I have one in my refrigerator. I like it so much. But when you're expecting seltzer flavor sparkling water and you get a big old mouthful of bitter, whew, that's kind of like listening to this pod. You get a big old ear full of bitter.
2: You think that it might be what you're looking for, but in the end, it's bitter and terrible.
1: <laughs> but then you keep going, and it turns out that you're really happy. So it's it a pretty the good end analogy. It might everybody's drunk, so who cares? Yeah, <laughs> right, there you go. So, uh, also, just something to point out. This, this just happened. Um, I'm podcasting from upstairs in my house. I just came upstairs. You got a whiz before a podcast You know so that we don't have to pause in the middle other than for awesome ads and um then i walked into the to the bedroom there to head to the bathroom and my cats have been sleeping in the same place for five and a half hours now at least i don't know what they were doing before i got home but i'm like you are the laziest jerks on the planet so uh, that's just a side
2: note Uh, that that just means that they're going to be up with you tonight keeping you up
1: what what's new (laughs) (laughs) jerk ass cats
2: uh before we get into uh the uh, Sounders FC and the nerdy soccer culture, culture and the fan outrage, a.k.a. Yeah. the Eddie Johnson outrage and all yes. of that. Um, you and I had uh, quite a conversation today. Um, actually, a couple conversations today, both of them involving uh, ancient forms of... Uh, They're called martial arts. Martial arts. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I um, So I've gone down this rabbit hole. I went to Japan for my honeymoon, okay? Brag. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It was awesome. Everyone should go. It's the best. And so... Now I will be at home, and I'm like looking for something that my you know uh, 18 month old, 19 month old can watch with me. And other than
2: the same F1 race,
1: yes, he like. Oh my god, we had the same one all winter. Like I deleted everything else, but one race, and we watched it. I would say literally 30 times, which is a lot for one car race that you know the outcome on. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so. I always put on the Japanese television station, something I would have ignored before I went to Japan. It's called NHK, and it is wonderful. First of all, no commercials, unlike this podcast. So you end up watching just cool like documentary-type stuff about Japan, but it's all pretty current, like within the last 18 months or so. So like you're not seeing anything that's outdated and doesn't make sense. They're continuously making new content all the time, which is rad. But then for the like for two weeks at a time 15 days at a time sumo tournaments happen sumo wrestling like the caricature of Japan besides samurai and bowing it's crazy dude and so they NHK like for two or three days out of the entire tournament will run like a two hour show that shows the top level competition and they have like English speaking commentators all of the shows are in English or subtitled so that way they're trying to like you know it's a tourism trick or something like that convenient
2: yeah, exactly, and so it's so, so your so your kid, your one year old child, can read the 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 subtitles while he's watching Japanese television. I just
1: want to see him. I just want him to see fat guys rubbing each other. That's kind of what I'm going for here. Okay, <laughs> but sumo wrestling turns out is super badass because these guys fight 15 days in a row and you fight one other opponent each day and then like at the it's a kind of a round robin you get assigned against other people that are kind of your rank level and then like there's like huge upsets and stuff and so i've been like real into the sumo wrestling they do like a 20 minute recap show every day and it's just like fat guys slamming into each other and it's it it sounds erotic i understand how your brain goes there brandon but like
2: it's i'm just thinking that that's also like my experience every day i go to the gym after work
1: (laughs) just like fat guys slamming into each other (laughs) (laughs) They're a little sweatier, maybe. I don't know. There's less ritual to it. But I am obsessed now. I can't get enough of this thing that I barely understand. If you looked at my search history, and now probably yours too, <laughs> it's bananas <laughs> dude. Me just looking up Hakuo fights like he's like the, he's like a Yokozuna which is the top level that like nobody made. Like since 1600 something, only 33 dudes have made it to the top level of sumo wrestling. That's like 500 years worth of sumo wrestling and 33 people have made it. And so one of the guys is like, he's the man and he's um just, I just I can't stop looking up videos of him. And then I've got a friend who's like really super into it. And so he just keeps sending me stuff to like... His name is Brandon. <laughs> His name is actually Jake. Shout outs yeah. to Jake. Hi. But yeah, um, I'm like so down this rabbit hole of watching guys who are intentionally trying to get fatter to fight each other. It's uh, <laughs> One guy, Ichi Nojo, he's like this younger dude and he is legit 500 pounds and moves like a... I don't know, like a car with a midsize engine in it, probably. Like, you can accelerate pretty well, but if you get hit by it, like, you're probably dead. Yeah. It's incredible to watch all these people, and then like, if you watch the extended clips, if you go to uh, Jason Sumo on YouTube, I found out the guy just like videotapes the screen and then shows all the clips. and gives <laughs> limited commentary to set it up, so you know what's going on. It's so bananas to watch these guys, and then like they get they crouch down at each other and they're about to like run at each other like I don't know two like, crazy animals, and then like one guy like stands up and no 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 no, and then they do like the sumo run over to the corner like, ho, 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 ho. and then they like dry themselves <laughs> off and get. And throw it through the air and then they come back out and they reset and it's really crazy. Well I'll I'll have um Brandon, we'll tweet out like yeah. the, the bout that I had you watch where the guy gets mad because the other guy doesn't go when it's time to go and he like stares him the down. Best. I mean it is the biggest power move. In a sport that is judged, these, these wrestlers not only is it a record, you're trying to get the um what you call it call it's called uh uh which is uh kachikozi. Cushy, 15,
2: yeah. Going fifteen and zero in a no, tournament. no. You're
1: trying to get a winning record in the tournament. That's like a mm-hmm. really favorable thing. So you got to try and get to eight wins in order to be like taken seriously and maybe have a chance to move up in rank. It's it's not like you See, get your blue belt and then that's that. Like you can go up and down. There's like pro rel. You get yeah. promoted and relegated all in like one season.
2: The, the to me there were two there. Were, uh, besides the actual sumo fighting and, and actually th- this might be out of all of the entire sumo tournament, there were two things about sumo wrestling that intrigued me more than anything else. Those two things were, one, wanting to play tuba music every time the sumo wrestlers were walking to or from the ring.
1: Rude. That's a rude American thing. You're a rude bum, American. Bum, 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 bum.
2: And then secondly
1: yeah, you need, is... It's Japan. You need like a gong if you're gonna do it the right way. Like, <laughs> bong, And then like the bong, guy comes out bong, bong, like... Bong, bong, bong. <laughs> only like on some like really high-pitched stringed instrument that sounds like you're not supposed to pluck the strings because they're so tight. And then,
2: and then sec- the second most interesting thing about uh, sumo wrestling to me is that most of the audience is sitting very close to the ring. And the ring is, is kind of like the uh, edge of the pitch at uh, at a lot of English stadiums, right? Where at the edge of the grass, um, there's a drop-off between the edge of the field and uh, the ad boards or the or the, the stadium, right? It, it, it kind of makes the first row seem closer to the pitch. Sure. The, the pitch is a little bit elevated. All of these different great things, right? Yeah. So the best thing about it is that these these 500 pound men yeah. will throw each other out of the ring onto like a 70 year old lady.
1: <laughs> yeah, at the end of Hakuo's bout where he went 15 and 0 in the March tournament. He uh he like he threw the guy but then he fell over the guy rolls down like it's about a meter down that's 3 feet in America that's a, it's about a meter down to the ground and he like smashes into an elderly couple who are front row and that's like as you said they're now covered in honor <laughs> so
2: <laughs> and by honor i meant lots of sweat yeah like fat
1: guy sweat extreme this,
2: this brings me to uh, the most important question yeah If there were two Sounders players that you wanted to see sumo wrestle each other, who would they be and why?
1: Yeah, absolutely. One of them has to be Roman Torres because he's the biggest boy. Uh He's he's
2: already got the hair up in the thing,
1: you know. And that's a huge point. Like, you got to, like, have dope hair to be a sumo wrestler. It's crazy. Um, Who would be a good person? Like, maybe someone tiny, like maybe Harry (laughs) Ship. I mean, he'd have tons of semen in the front row, but, like... Roman Torres crashes into Harry Ship seaman. That seems like it's a pretty.
2: I think the most intriguing matchup would be Roman Torres yeah. and Gustav Svensson. Oh, interesting. I, I think that that Gustav is is a you know he's he's quick and he's and he's and he's technical and great in the midfield, but I think he's got a lot of power behind him. So just basically all the big guys. I want to see all. I want to see Roman Torres all oiled up and Oof. you know sweaty throwing salt or whatever it is on the ring and him and
1: Gustav Svensson just going at it (laughs) I Isolate that (laughs) Um, You know I think we can both agree that had it been last year that I got into sumo and you would have posed the same question I would have still said Roman Torres but also Osvaldo Alonso right? Oh absolutely. Yeah you want to see that guy sumo the crap out of somebody for sure Yeah, so then that brings me to this afternoon where I'm doing what I always do, which is searching through Netflix, trying to find something to watch. And by always, it's kind of a new thing. I usually just watch soccer replays on television, but trying to find something to watch to culture myself. And there I find myself for like the 800th time, a movie that you recommended to me ages ago. I'm watching Ip Man, the story of the guy who kind of like brought Wing Chun to Bruce Lee.
2: Yeah, just the greatest. It's the greatest movie.
1: Wow. <laughs> okay, I would have said the Hunt for Red October, but I'm in on it, man. I guess I've watched it a lot more times more recently than the Hunt for Red October. So cool. Uh,
2: it, it, man is is amazing. It just got me thinking. I've been thinking about Bruce Lee a lot lately. Yeah, cool. And um, it just got me thinking about all of the movies that wait, Bruce Wait, Lee... wait, wait, wait,
1: wait, wait. Have you been thinking about Bruce Lee in the same way that you kind of just described Roman Torres and <laughs> Gustav Svensson?
2: No, in the opposite sense. Oh. Where I'm picturing where I'm picturing Roman Torres and, and Gustav all sweated and oiled up and, and fighting each other sumo style. Uh, <laughs> I learned that Bruce Lee had his sweat glands removed from his armpits because he thought that sweat was um, unsightly on film, So he, in, instead of just dealing with it or wearing like antiperspirant, which I don't know if existed in the seventies, <laughs> uh, the the dude like surgically had a sweat, his sweat glands removed. And apparently the, the, the theory is, is that, you know, he died of um, a brain uh, embolism. So swelling of his brain. Right. Yeah. And one of the reasons that people think that happened is because his body wasn't, uh, it, it's a symptom of heat stroke. And so his body, Uh, wasn't cooling itself off with sweat because he had removed two of the most important sweat glands in your body, anyway. So the dude dies. But I was thinking about all of the (laughs) different, uh, (laughs) not to sound insensitive or anything, um, but I was thinking about sweat glands, all of the different, uh, movies that I've seen in the last, you know, that span the last few decades of, of Kung Fu, Wing Chun, and, and, uh, all of the different, you know, types of, yeah, you know, there's what's the one that Jet Li does. It's, uh, you know, whatever the hell it is, fly through um, the air,
1: magic. Is that what that is? Yeah, is that
2: his yeah, style? On, on the on the wires. Uh, no, I. So anyway, so I, it got me thinking a lot about that. And then we, you know, we. Then I was just sending you fight clips from movies like Hero and. and is it
1: wushu? You no. Know,
2: how, yeah, Wushu, that's it, that's it, yeah. And then like House of a Thousand Daggers and all of these different things that are great kung fu movies, but I just wish Bruce Lee was in some of them.
1: Yeah, imagine if Bruce Lee showed up in some of these films. Like, imagine how, like, first of all, Ip Man would be weird because it would be kind of, be about him, and so like, yeah. what do you do? It's kind of like Elephant in the Room. Um, yeah, it's a... Uh... It'd be so cool. What's the movie that you reference? Oh, Hero! I forgot all about that. That it's like such a beautiful, colorful movie, and there's like all kinds of sweet kung fu in it. I don't
2: know. Now I'm trying to imagine if they had done it in the style of uh, I think the the guy Jonathan Wu who directed. uh, um, Oh, with all the bird cages. No, he did. uh, He did uh, Shaolin Soccer.
1: Oh, I have not. Never mind. I probably got that wrong.
2: <laughs> anyway, um, it, but I'm trying to imagine movies like Hero with Bruce Lee in the style of Shaolin soccer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, great great movie, by the way.
1: All right. Well, um, we're inching closer and closer to doing something purposeful here, which makes me sad. I um, I feel bad about that. I just want to point something out because we got a good tweet about this. And Seattle Sounders FC headed up to BC Place Stadium on Saturday, 7 p.m. Look for us in attendance. We should both wear like super hot pink so you can see us on TV. Um, but we're both uh, we're headed up to cover the game live, ideally. We'll see if it actually comes through or not. But we'll be there 7 p.m. on Saturday to watch a Sounders team that is and 3-0 to start the season, which is incredible. But more importantly, 3-0 and since they switched to ZooLily coincidence i think so i wish i had a (laughs) dun 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 maybe i'll put one in there we go nice uh i just want to refer to our buddy drone 637 on twitter who tweeted at me to say it has a ways to go before it can match the power of the ochoa jersey Frame of reference, Drone637 wore the Ochoa jersey to every match last year. Also, shout-outs to your awesome stitches that you have on your thumb, inexplicably. But How about, the-
2: about Drone637 drone wore all of those, the Ochoa jersey to all of these matches, specifically because we dunked on Ochoa like three times on this podcast.
1: Exactly. And so he started wearing it, complete with the bra straps, that would probably be appropriate uh, back in that time. He started wearing that, uh, right? It's the bra strap one, right? Yeah. 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 He started wearing that, and then uh, one day, September 23rd, 2018, the Philly match broke the Ochoa jersey, and it was sad, okay? So... Uh, shout outs to jones six three seven. I just wanted to bring that up that uh, we still have like I think it's like six more matches to go before Zulily has matched the official power of Ochoa, okay?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm hoping that we that we that we surpass Ochoa power.
1: Now, Brandon, when we started recording this podcast today, uh, it wasn't anything about Seattle specifically, it's about the US men's national team playing against Chile, a team that won the whatever it's the Gold Cup. Is that what they won last time? The Centenario when it was. Yeah, Copa of-
2: America Centenario. That's
1: the one. Yeah, 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 yeah. They won that big tournament, which was played in part in Seattle, which was pretty dope. But the Chilean team. Has Vidal, who is awesome, and Medel, but they're missing Alexi Sanchez, who is one of their most prolific players due to injury. Okay, that's fine. The U.S. men's national team had a couple big matches where we're seeing Greg Beralter in charge of the squad and some first, like, pretty serious competition. Still friendlies, but you still want to see what's happening. Break it down a little bit for us.
2: Yeah, so so far what's happened as far as Seattle cares about yeah. is Jordan Morris has played uh in the first match he started and goes 68 minutes and got subbed out for a former Sounder DeAndre Yedlin. Sounders went up uh, and won that one 1-0 one over Ecuador. Well, Dan also Christian Roldan also played 22 minutes in that one.
1: You know and what's Then, you know, you know what's interesting about that, Brandon? What's that? Is that Three of the guys from Seattle that are on the U.S. men's national team have all spoken to yours truly in an interview, so boom, you're welcome, America.
2: It's all because of you.
1: <laughs> no, it's uh, just to be clear, it's 0% because of me. I have no, absolutely no confidence, so it's <laughs> self-esteem lacking.
2: Then Roldan, Christian Roldan goes, and he uh, actually, so as we speak, U.S. Uh, men's national team is playing against Chile. Um Christian Roldan gets the start. DeAndre Yedlin also gets the start and is captain. Um, there's already been an excellent Christian Roldan moment in this one. It's currently tied 1-1. We'll see how it ends. Uh, probably Chile is going to score like three goals or something. Uh, but Christian Roldan, there's an excellent moment where he uh, is going in for a tackle, but the first person that tackles him before he's able to make the tackle is the referee. So there's an excellent gift that um, Sounders <laughs> FC tweeted recently.
1: Oh, I have not seen that yet. That is lovely.
2: It's great Um, So, you know, Sounders getting some minutes Uh, Let's hope that uh, they immediately sub out Christian Don't play Jordan Wrap him in bubble wrap and send him on their way home
1: Yeah, that'd be great I'm curious to see They're just coming back from Houston And you think that today's Tuesday They're going to need a couple days off And then a couple days to train I can't imagine that we'll see a Jordan Morris starting on Saturday Against Vancouver What do you think?
2: Uh, my, my inclination is always to assume no, but, um, you know, you have Chris, uh, you know, Nico Ladero also out on national team duty. Um, so it, I think it'd be hard pressed to not start one of those guys and Nico's coming a lot further away from a lot further away to get back home to go play this match.
1: Okay. So wait, tell us about Ladero. What did he do?
2: So Nico Ladero... Um, played 61 minutes and got an assist in Uruguay's uh, 3-0 win over Uzbekistan and then he goes the full 90 in the Hey, do you think on
1: Halloween Halloween, do you think Uzbekistan changes it from UZ to like double OZ like UZ? (laughs)
2: Oozbekistan. <laughs> yeah, it's like spooky. a spooky. It's
1: like the Simpsons spooky. when they're like putting up all the credits and it's like Matt moing Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay, yeah. Sorry. Um, so then, then uh, in there, I, I don't know what this tournament is, but it's like the Chinese International Cup or yeah. something like yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. I don't know what it's The Ch- Chinese Champions Cup that. Uh, Uruguay and Uzbekistan or and Thailand are both playing in. I don't yeah. exactly know what it is, but uh, Ladera goes the full 90 because he loves us and he picks up another assist. So two assists, and um, Uruguay goes and wins that one 4 0 against Thailand. So it's the um, China I, Cup. I guess they get some silverware. I don't know if it was the championship or if that's just the name of the tournament. Do you, I don't.
1: Uh, this idea of winning silverware at something called the China Cup is just there's like too many <laughs> puns waiting to happen. I'm just acknowledging it and moving <laughs> on. The China Cup International Football Championship is an annual association football tournament organized in China by Ovanda Sports Holdings. The championship was inaugurated in 2017, a rich, long history, much like <laughs> Minnesota United FC. Uh, <laughs> a single elimination tournament with four national teams, one of which is China the Host. It is planned to build up to eight teams in the future this year. Uruguay, Thailand, Uzbekistan, or the Ooze, and China PR. That's what they're calling themselves. <laughs>
2: so, so obviously uh, Nicos going up to uh, against some stellar competition in this cup.
1: When they say China PR, is that like their PR people that are going up against them? Is this like the <laughs> Matt Alex Kelly show that's going on? Like,
2: Shout-outs to the Sounders PR team.
1: Yeah, they're the best. Okay, cool. So he's coming back. The important point about this is it's played like a zillion miles away, and right. that jet lag is going to be brutal. I would be so shocked if we see him on Saturday.
2: Right. And that's when, you know, what we've been talking about is, is there enough depth at that playmaker position? You know, you got to assume that Christian Roldan comes and um, plays in a role that, that kind of starts to jump in to that Nico Ladero spot, given uh, the the type of position he's playing for, um, for the U S national team. Yeah. But who, who knows? It's hard, it's hard to predict. I, I don't predict, I don't predict that Christian Roldan is, um, Jordan Morris and Nico Ladero are going to start, but you have to imagine that one or two of those guys, depending place. how many
1: more minutes, I'm just kind of keeping an eye on. Um, I'm keeping an eye on the match here, depending on how many minutes Roldan plays today I think will determine if we see him on Saturday. He didn't play a whole lot in the first match, just like 20-30 minutes, something like that so he'll get a mm. total of about 90 minutes over the course of six days or something like that. I could see him out of everybody being ready because I think you want to hold on to for me, I don't play Jordan Morris because he's right. too precious right now he's had such a hot streak, just let him like absorb and, and get back into the team
2: maybe bring him on as a as a sub later in the half when yeah, he keep can his use his speed fresh, yeah. to attack the team yeah um another or another wrinkle in this is that Nico Ladero or sorry uh, Christian Roldan getting some some the start and probably a lot of minutes in today's US national team match uh you also have Gustav Svensson who played uh you know he played a couple matches as well for Sweden. I'm sorry, he,
1: Brandon's favorite sweaty wrestling man, Gustav Svensson, <laughs> the
2: the sumo champion Gustav Svensson goes. He went 25 minutes in Sweden's 2-1 win over Romania, um, and then today he played. Uh, today being uh, Tuesday, and he gets subbed in at the 66th minute against Norway. These are in the Euro, the European qualifiers, and um, both goals that Norway scored. Or the first two goals that Norway scored were before Svensson got subbed in. Um, Sweden came back from two nil down to lead three two, and then Sweden gave up a last second tying goal um, scored by Columbus's Ola Kamara. So uh, he's still there, right? He's still in Columbus.
1: I, what, so I don't understand um, what the, that. Was confusing. What's the final basically, score? Basically,
2: basically uh, the the final score was three uh, three. Gustav Svensson had a fine showing. Was um, you know was instrumental in some of the build-up play that that Sweden had. So, um, but again, he just played a another 30 minutes um in a match today so he's going to need some time sure. to recover as well so the wrinkle is is that you have both of your kind of starting d mids and christian roldan and gustav svensson um both coming back from national team duty you think that christian roldan slots into gustav svensson's spot but then who slots into nico Ladero's spot that's the question
1: so wait do you do you play roldan if he if he gets subbed out here soon do you play him on saturday as long as he's feeling okay the the dude's got a, a total
2: motor on him, so I think yeah he plays.
1: Yeah, and then maybe you get him get him a week off somewhere else. If you don't play Svensson and on, who do you slot in to play that central mid? That kind of like a, that defensive midfield. Hmm. Oh, I thought I lost you. I was like, oh god, no, Brandon, I'm, no, I'm Brandon just here. died.
2: You start you start to run out of a lot of depth. Um, you you might bring in. Uh, some weird shape where, you know, Harry Ship and, and Will Bruin are playing in those in those spots up top or um uh and one of them kind of slots behind into like the bottom half of a diamond. Um or, you know, I don't exactly know what you do. Jordy Delem, I don't think, played two maybe matches th- maybe and, th- he's, he's, and maybe he's coming three back, back. from Martinique. Do three 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 at,
1: three at the back. Put Roman Torres in and then have uh Chad Marshall, Roman Torres, Kim Kihi all playing three center backs. Sure. And then have one of your. Just make sure you're. But, both, but you're, both
2: of those wing guys aren't necessarily guys that can just slot into that spot. You know, Kelvin. I don't see Kelvin Leardam or, or Nuhu being. Anyway, we'll see. We'll see what Schmetzer chooses. What
1: so whichever whichever side is bombing down one side, you just hold the other side back, and then you, you just have kind of, four guys yeah, at the back. Then over. it kind of like just put who? Like I feel like Kim Ki Hee is the most mobile out of all three of those center backs. I don't, this is this is a really interesting problem that they're gonna have here because. Right. I don't maybe you bring someone up from you bring I was going to say Alex Roldan, but like he's right. he's not that guy.
2: I think we we I mean this is the exact predicament that we talked about at the beginning of the season, right? The Sounders are a really good uh squad and they're when they're healthy and they have a lot of depth at certain positions. However, and we've talked about this really strong spine that they have But when you start to, you know, swap a guy out and the guy that you have to replace him is from another starting position on the field, you're going to take a hit in one of the other positions. And so um, right now what you're what you're doing, if you're Brian Schmetzer, is trying to mitigate where that weakness is and you're planning for what is the Whitecaps attack going to bring and what is the Whitecaps defense going to pose? um, Because that's how you're going to decide, you know, which
1: players you're slotting where. This could be a really interesting opportunity for a young guy to get a chance to play some minutes here. That'd be this is fascinating. That's a cool problem that they have. It's not cool if you're trying to solve it, but it is a it's a problem. And then uh, finally, <laughs> just to give him a shout out, Jordy Delam coming back from Martinique's 1-0 win over Guadalupe. That means almost nothing to me.
2: What it means is that uh, Martinique got um, Martinique is now in the uh, Nations League whatever that new thing that new competition is so good for them
1: cool that means still nothing to me but so great (laughs) uh when we come back we're going to find out who our man of the how can we have a man of the match that's not okay we have a man of the match we'll find out who it is even though they haven't played next on the full 90 extra time podcast welcome back to the full 90 extra time podcast This weekend's man of the match, for me, is surprise beer. When you go for a drink of your seltzer and it turns out to be IPA. Congratulations, surprise beer. You win the big award. Moving on.
2: My man of the match is Sumo Gustav Svensson.
1: Yeah, yeah. Sumo Svensson? That's what what I'm calling him from right
2: now? That's uh, that's my Sounders fanfic.
1: (laughs) right, moving into fan outrage. People getting mad on the internet after anything happens at the match. It's this week in fan outrage.
2: This week in fan outrage comes from Eddie Pay Me or at least Pay Attention
1: to Me Johnson. Man, he was, uh, he's got a voice on Twitter specifically about one guy.
2: Uh, If Jordan Morris is doing well, it's almost like a voodoo doll. You have to imagine that somewhere else, Eddie Johnson is suffering immense torture because the way that he (laughs) takes to Twitter after Jordan Morris does anything good, you would think that Eddie Johnson was, um, you know, tucked under a bed and with his bones being broken at every angle.
1: Now specifically what caught our attention is this first U.S. men's national team game against whoever, all right? Uh, what Ecuador. Was Ecuador, thank you. And Jordan Morris is playing out wide on the right, and he keeps ducking in towards the center and then kind of just giving the ball away. He, he didn't look very strong and confident out there in the role that he was playing. I don't know if that's due to youth, lack of caps, um, maybe he's being played in a position that he doesn't want considering his support. I don't know what that is, so that will, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But, Eddie Johnson tweets something to the effect of count how many times Jordan Morris takes a defender on 1v1 when he's isolated, goes inside and passes the ball every time, saying that he's not bombing at these guys, he's just kind of like stepping out of it. I think that's a fair argument. He did do that a lot. um, And that would be fine if this wasn't the only time that he went after Jordan Morris. That's a pretty reasonable thing. He has other instances where he's just kind of been a dick.
2: Yeah, I think everybody looked at that and was like, "Yeah, accurate." Jordan Morris is—he uh, beats people with his speed, and he's a—he's a quality finisher, but he's not the technical guy who's going to beat a guy with a thousand stepovers like Eddie Johnson. But so when when uh, Jordan Morris got his raise on in, during the off season, you know that's it's it's you know Jordan Morris gets a raise uh, after a being a year out with an ACL injury. You don't know what how he's going to come back, if he's going to come back healthy, how he's going to perform how he's going to recover from that injury on the field gets a, a significant raise. And Eddie Johnson comes in on Instagram and Twitter and responding to fans and all of this stuff. And he says things like you clowns saying Jordan Morris is better than me. Y'all some crazy mothers, you know what? Y'all better do your research. You forgot. I turned down Benfica when I was 19, LOL, when they were about powerhouses, truth hurts. That's why you so sensitive. I'll say it again. What has he done? Um, I'd say win an MLS Cup. I'd say get quite a few caps for the national team, just like Eddie Johnson himself did. Um, Jordan
1: Morris has talked a ton of trash on Twitter, right? Wrong.
2: (laughs) Wrong. Uh, But then Eddie Johnson comes in hot Hot. with, Jordan Morris doesn't deserve to lace my cleats.
1: Uh, we all know that he can't stop crossovering long enough for anyone to lace his cleats, so I, I call this one into question here. All right, That's a bit of hot garbage, if I say so myself. Hot garbage.
2: Uh, and then, lastly, this weekend in fan outrage comes from, who else but Eddie Johnson, who says, how you get a mil a year with no World Cup under your belt and never played in Europe coming off of an ACL injury. Well, you know, three goals in and three matches, I would say that Jordan Morris, that's how you get a million dollars a year.
1: Yo, man, Eddie Johnson is an exciting player to watch lose the ball, but unfortunately, <laughs> he's saying this from the sidelines. What I mean, what happened? Like, why isn't he still making money out there hustling? Is
2: yeah, that- you got you got to assume that um, that if Eddie Johnson was playing in the 2019 MLS as opposed to the 2013 MLS. Um, that he would have gotten paid just like Jordan Morris is, just like Christian Roldan did get got paid this off season. But back then, um, MLS, you know, roster rules kept a uh, a lot of money. Um, wasn't flowing into the league and, and they weren't allowing the teams to spend a lot of money. And so now, new roster rules with, you know, transfer, targeted allocation money and general allocation money and all of these different, like, complex maneuvers that apparently Goth, Garth Loggerway has. Goth Loggerway, that's yeah, interesting. Absolutely. I'm, that's his I'm very interested name. In, in that Halloween name. Yeah. Um, He's from
1: Uzbekistan. Woo!
2: <laughs> Goth Loggerway <laughs> and Brain Schmetzer. <laughs> And I'm dead. <laughs> uh, anyway, so um all of these, you know, new new mechanisms in order to pay players more money than they used to get paid. Eddie Johnson would have been paid in twenty nineteen MLS. That didn't happen back when he was a player, and now he's salty, but he's not salty with the league and he's not salty with the with the organization, although I'm sure he is salty with the Sounders, but he's salty with Jordan Morris. It's not a good look, in my opinion.
1: What what are you doing except for, like, splitting the Sounders fans? Like, do you not have a stake in a bit of legacy here, or does it mean nothing? And it might not mean anything. I liked Eddie Eddie Johnson when he was here because he's a troublemaker, and I like that a little bit. It's, like, probably hard in the locker room if you have to be his teammate or something. But to see a guy being flashy to, like, try and elevate the... Try and elevate the you know the the standard of play in MLS is pretty cool. Him thinking that he was playing in Europe while he was here—that's yeah okay, whatever. But yeah. uh, from ESPN, this is a good note that they made. Morris made his U.S. national team debut just after the 2014 World Cup while still a student at Stanford where he won an NCAA National Championship and the uh, Hermann Trophy as a National Player of the Year. Pretty incredible. Werder Bremen offered him a deal to play in Germany out of college after a trial. So he passed the trial, was offered a contract. And he decided to join Sounders FC. Was named MLS Rookie of the Year in 2016. So there's a bunch of stuff that ESPN helps put a little credibility into it. Now, right. from the full 90 extra time podcast to be fair, Eddie Johnson led the league in bright colored shoes and wasted step over. So, <laughs> it's a pretty equal
2: uh you know he did have some cool uh some cool celebrations with Clint Dempsey so he'll always but have that
1: do you remember that though do you remember like when all of a sudden everyone was wearing bright orange shoes like that wasn't a thing 10 years ago and then also no. Eddie Johnson saw it happening in Europe and then I'm sure the shoe manufacturers that brought the boots over and said like here you guys do them now in, in MLS and he was one of the first to adopt that and so it just like accented his ridiculous step over
2: uh, now I'm thinking that Eddie Johnson's Eddie Johnson's Halloween costume should be his true persona which is OG Euro hipster. <laughs>
1: Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. Uh, I was gonna think of like Freddy Krueger Johnson, but yeah, that's, that's oh, there you go. There you go. Okay, great. Okay, so let's take a look. Let's get a uh, let's get into the into the meat of this weekend. The other Vancouver at O three and O with zero points versus Seattle Sounders FC three O and O riding on nine points. It could not be a tale of bigger opposites bc place stadium is in canada vancouver a lovely city i love the canadians uh the people not the hockey team i don't care either way about them 7 p.m on saturday is when you'll see the match on tv or if you travel up the i5 corridor to canada and wait in line and all that stuff perhaps you will see us in that line and you can honk at us and we will be mad because we're trying to record so i guess there's like a we should start with a history behind what these matches look like what do you got so
2: yeah, in uh, you know, there's obviously a long history between these two clubs, both of them going back before you know MLS and all of that. We can get into that, but I'm choosing to look at just 2018. Um, Sounders actually did the double on Vancouver, playing them twice in the year. Um, They won 2-0 at home with a Ladero brace and that actually started when the Sounders uh, went on a nine-match winning streak. That was the first of those nine and it actually ended with their 2-1 win on the road in Vancouver with a brace from uh, Raul Ruiz Diaz. So... Bookended that nine-match winning streak with two wins over Vancouver, including a second win, that 2-1 win that won the Sounders the 2018 Cascadia Cup on the road in Vancouver.
1: Including the wearing of the Drone 637 Ochoa jersey. Don't forget that as well. (laughs)
2: Yeah, he should have. He should have stopped wearing it after that. Maybe we would have, we would have kept winning.
1: Pretty dope to bring home the Cascadia Cup. Now we're trying to defend it this year. It looks like Vancouver, at least early on, is not going to make much of a shout for it. Fortland has not been that great either. So it's looking so far so good. I'm not going to get ahead of myself though. Here,
2: anything can happen in these games. So that's that's the one thing I've learned about. Um, even Vancouver games. Uh, you, you mean know, it, seasons?
1: Like uh, the last year, hot garbage until July, and then <laughs> try to get right. to the finals. So yeah.
2: Yeah, Vancouver it's funny. Vancouver's always one of the teams that I that I see and and I think that they look like they have a lot of good quality on the team. They have a lot of good players. They always look like they're going to put up a much bigger fight against the Sounders than they end up doing. Um last year for instance, the Sounders go 2 2, you know, they win both games. Uh, against the team and and i thought vancouver looked like a good team last season the season prior uh again i always think that vancouver looks a little bit scarier with like they have but they just don't have the teeth they don't end up finishing the sounders off this year um i would say that again they look dangerous they have some players on their team including former sounder freddie montero they have some players on their team that can do some damage but so far it's not firing there they have a new head coach in mark dos santos who is the um former assistant to Los Angeles FC, the new team last year. Um, so, you know, it, it'll be interesting. Vancouver's going to be hungry. They're going to come out for points and uh, going to want to, you know, prove something to the Sounders who who are hot right now, but hmm, maybe missing some key people in the lineup.
1: Now, this is a really cool storyline for me. Um, this is like a silly a personal aside, but my best friend growing up, my best man at my wedding is a Korean kid. And so talking to him at some point, he was like, yeah, growing up, there was never any, like, Korean people that to look up to, it was all, like, white people everywhere. And, like, I appreciate that about that. We're from Albuquerque, New Mexico, and it's not, like, a largely Asian population, right? And so, like... I'll make a loose comparison here, but sort of like Ichiro coming to play baseball here, you make fun, you make friends uh, with some of the like the Latin people and then make fun of the white people a little bit together because you're outsiders. And so I remember my buddy Dopu is his name. He had um you know, he made friends with the Hispanic kids and stuff or the excuse me Latin kids now when when I was I'm so old that when I was young we called them Hispanic. <laughs> that's <has laughs> since changed, and I acknowledge that. So a few years ago, you start seeing um, son playing for. Homestead said Vancouver Thank you Tottenham And that's awesome Because he's he like Showed signs of being awesome And so I called And be like Yo yeah, man You should check this guy out I think Tottenham Could be your team He was like I, do, I play cello professionally I don't care about well, <laughs> Like I don't care about Your dumb soccer Or whatever But no yeah, he was cooler than that And then Seattle signs Kim Ki-hee And we've got A Korean guy here That's standing right in front of us At these matches And it's awesome He's a big great player And it's like Awesome to see like yet another instance of getting some diversity that like I might not otherwise notice as a entitled spoiled white guy but like having grown up around someone who was lacking this it's really cool to see that then Vancouver in the off season, go and sign this other guy whose name i cannot pronounce Inbom Hwang i think it's Inbom Hwang yeah yeah who's uh looks like he's going to be a very exciting midfielder tell us a little bit about these two together what we're looking at on saturday
2: yeah, this is actually a, a fun note. This is, I think, um, the first time two Korean players have faced each other in MLS. So uh, kind of a historic moment for um, just like Korean players uh, participation in this league, so uh, really cool to see the the league kind of venturing into that market. Imbo um, Mwang is actually a a very good player um, who I think had offers in Europe when he came uh, came to on. I think he's on loan with Vancouver. I, I don't know exactly who from, uh, but he's a midfielder. He has an assist this season. Um, both Kim Kihee and Imbo Wong have played uh, every single minute for their clubs this season. Um, with Kim Kiki obviously in central defense, uh, Imbom was uh, voted the man of the match for Vancouver in their uh, their last match against RSL, which ended in a one nil loss. But um, you know. Uh, I watched an assist that he had against Houston a couple weeks ago in their three-two loss, and and he's he's a he's a spectacular player. He's a really good uh, passer of the ball, um, attacking mid- midfielder. He's their leading chance creator this season. Um, he has the most shots for Vancouver. They're apparently not going in because they keep losing all of their games. <laughs> um, but but yeah, he's a, he's a dangerous player who is who seems to be trying to find his groove with this team. Um, and like I said, they've got players on their team that can do damage. Uh, if they can make it click, they'll be a tough uh, tough opponent for the Sounders this weekend.
1: Brandon, I, I got to point out two things. One, we'll see Freddie Montero that you said a minute ago. He, your body's in Vancouver, you say, but your coffee is my neighbor. <laughs> is his coffee <laughs> shop like right by you at work?
2: Yeah, no, his coffee shop that he just opened is, uh, or is in the process of opening, is in in Roosevelt on sixty fifth and um oh, it's cool. lit- it's literally a few blocks from my house i i walk <laughs> past it all the time that's awesome
1: okay so but i want to point out that montero will be fun to see him out there uh, sure. running around this time in vancouver it sucks at the same time but cool and he you know he wants to score like that guy wants yep. to score on seattle like good and band-
2: and he's done it he's done it for vancouver he's scored like i think two or three goals against seattle just in the amount of time that he's played for vancouver
1: that's it's gonna be fun. It'll be fun out there to see that happen. I'm, uh, I for some reason I, in my mind I imagine my my buddy's parents. Um, mm-hmm. they, they took the names Jane and Ken when they moved to America. I just uh, I picture uh, Jane making. Korean barbecue for me And so it's going to be Like this like Super like Stereotypical thing I'm going to be thinking about While we're watching These guys battle I'm going to be like Damn I wish I had Some bulgogi That'd be dope So Okay Um, Players to watch We kind of went over That a little bit But I think for Seattle Sounders um, The defense is going to be Really interesting Especially in central mid To see what the Defensive midfielders Will do and who's Going to play there But Raul Rui Diaz He still can be unlocked I think there's going to be A lot of young guys Out running around there And if I was one of them I'd be like Let's get the ball Up to the top to Raul.
2: I think it's gonna be really interesting how the game plays out because um, you know, all of the we've been talking about all the players that have been out for international duty. Are they gonna come back and slot right back in? How how are the sounders gonna line up to compensate for the difference in the shape and and probably some tired legs from some of those players? But you gotta think the uh, the entire sounders uh, starting back line of Brad Smith, Chad Marshall, Kim Keehee, and Kelvin Leardum uh, all just had a bye week and are going to be fresh. Um, Raúl Diaz also left off of the Peru national team roster, so he's going to be fresh. Victor Rodriguez, he's going to be fresh. So um, I'm going to look for Raúl Diaz to be running, uh, just running at the at the Whitecaps defense. Um, and and hope that they can kind of compensate for where, you know, you might have some some lag in in some of those returning players. Um so but uh, you know, the the Sounders the Vancouver offense that we were just talking about with uh Imbo and um and Freddie Montero and, and a couple other guys on their team, those guys uh, uh, are Cantero. gonna be running out the Sounders. But one no, place that we don't have to worry about I think is that Sounders back line.
1: Yeah, it'll be that's going to be real and then Stefan Fry of course back there. Obviously. Uh, I've watched all the highlights from the Vancouver matches just to get prepared and I got to tell you their season I did kind of disagree with you. They looked pretty awesome. For the first six minutes of the season, it was like a lot of there's a lot of hope on that. Okay, so
2: just in the first six minutes,
1: though, yeah, then they lost and then lost and then lost again. So uh, now there's potential there. If they could, they could uh, bring Seattle into their homes and then win that. That'd be that'd be pretty cool. So uh, okay, so looking ahead, motivation for Seattle Sounders FC. Like obviously, you want to keep the momentum rolling. What else? I yeah, I think
2: the Sounders need to keep up the energy. Uh all those players coming back from international duty and the rest of them coming off of a bye week. Uh I think their motivation is just to make sure that they're gelling and and keeping up the energy against the Whitecaps who are going to be thirsty for their first points of the season. I'm sure their fans are not going to be satisfied. Uh they have a good they have a good culture up there. They've got a lot of really passionate fans, so um you know you know how restless we got here when the Sounders were yeah. uh, losing all sorts of match last last season. So um, you got to think that they're going to want to nip this little this little losing streak in the bud. Yeah. While so they can.
1: The, the motivation for the White Craps is to just get a point. Like, yeah, <laughs> you just got to get on the board for something. All right. In case you're just tuning in because your automated truck is ruining your career and it's been driving this whole time, T L D L too long didn't listen.
2: <laughs> Too long didn't listen. Goth Loggerway from Uzbekistan.
1: <laughs> Too long didn't listen. Brains Schmetzer will be on the field controlling the action. And then, hey, um, TLDL, we're going to the match. Maybe we'll stop for Korean barbecue. Hi. Oh,
2: that sounds so good. TLDL, we'll see you in Vancouver. Come hang out with us.
1: Take a look at your crystal Pepsi ball, and I propose—I proposed. I propose, I propose, Brandon, will you marry me?
2: I do. <laughs> I or posed, yes, whatever you say when somebody proposes to you.
1: <laughs> I posed the question to Brandon from the crystal Pepsi ball. So far, is either of us gotten it right? And so Brandon uh, came up with what the uh, what we've said so far for the first three matches of the year. It turns out that neither of us have any points. Close in some cases, <laughs> but uh, Sounders versus. Uh, let's see here versus FCC Brandon said 2-0 Rui Diaz brace I said 7-0 double hat trick Rui Diaz <laughs> just... you were so close with a 4-2 I was yeah, I was pretty close you're right thanks Sounders versus fire Brandon said 3-0 on goals for Morris Rui Diaz and V-Rod I said 3 or 4-0 <laughs> I guess um (laughs) close again 4-2 in that one i don't
2: it's gonna be 2-1 or 3-1 or or 4-1 or 4-2 or whatever (laughs) just say (laughs) as many as you can cover the spread
1: and then we lost the match somewhere in there so i got to ask you to look into your crystal pepsi ball and tell me what do you see for seattle sounders versus vancouver white craps on the road in vancouver saturday night bc play stadium at 7 p.m what do you got uh, I'm gonna go with Sounders two one.
2: It's kind of a weird one. I'm gonna say goals from uh, for Seattle, Raúl Diaz and Chad Marshall, and then I'm gonna say that Vancouver is gonna get a fluke goal from uh, their their new guy, uh, Loss something. I don't know how to say his last name.
1: Okay. All right. All right. I'm also gonna say two one. Only I'm gonna say Rui Diaz and then Harry's just gonna ship all over the white craps. <laughs> I wish it was Sumo boo stuff. <laughs> well, great a dream on. <laughs>